When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Welcome to the Bridgerton Book Club, Mary's Book Club. I hope that you're excited as I am to jump into Chapter 2. So pull up your book and let's spill the tea. Welcome back, dear reader. My name's Mary Larson. We, of course, are delving into Chapter 2 of the Bridgerton series, The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. This is a wonderful chapter where we get to hang out at Lady Danbury's Ball, which I'm pretty sure all of us were daydreaming that we were at, especially now in 2021 with the pandemic. Wouldn't you just love to go to one of these balls? Granted, during the time period that this took place, it would probably be quite stinky with everyone wearing the layers and layers of clothing and not really having the proper hygiene that we have here today, but I still would have loved it. I would have loved the people watching, the dancing, the food, even just standing in a corner and soaking it all in like Daphne was trying to do, of course. Ah, So let's just start at the very beginning. Sometimes I like to read a a specific bit from a chapter, but I kind of just want to go along as things happen in this book. So we, of course, really just start off straight in Lady Danbury's ballroom and Nigel Burbrook, Burbrook, one day I'll read his name properly, has already proposed two times and Anthony, very different than the show, remember? Show is show, book is book, we're keeping them apart, but I am acknowledging these differences, as I know many of you who first started with the television show uh, have noticed. So Anthony refuses. I gotta tell you guys, I am liking everyone a lot more in the book than I did in the show. Anthony is is pretty, pretty upstanding so far. Granted, we're only in chapter two, but I'm digging him a lot. So we find out that Violet Bridgerton, Lady Bridgerton, has written a list of potential brides for not only Anthony, but also Benedict. And she, you know, really, really is one to, oh, she's also done one for Daphne. So she's, her focus right now is getting these eldest children married. And right now that's, that's all we feel of Lady Bridgerton, which kind of stinks because I love her a ton in this show. But I also know that this is just, it's going to take some time. You know, these these individuals, the children of the Bridgerton family, they're still just like really, really young adults, older teenagers, young adults, and they're seeing things from their perspective. They're seeing things from where they are at that time in life. The pressure is on them, and that's all they feel like they have from their mom. And I know for me, in my teenage years and later teenage years, my mom was on top of me about my grades. It wasn't about who I was dating. Obviously, that wasn't her job right then and there to get me married. But if you think about it, often in that latter portion in your high school life and then into your college life, the parents are really trying to set their kids up for success, whether that in the olden times be marrying someone of a greater value or making sure that they're well established in society, or nowadays, really setting your children up for education. Educational success, for career hopeful success. And 
it drove me bonkers. It drove me bonkers. I was having a tough time. My parents are breaking up and getting divorced anyway during that time frame in my life. But I had always been like a straight A student, top 5% of my class in all the honors and AP classes. And when I would hit a speed bump, which we all do, which we all do, okay? I'll tell you what my speed bump was. It was geometry. When we hit our speed bumps, it's we beat ourselves up anyway. If it's things that we're naturally good at and we, we hit those speed bumps, we, hit, we beat ourselves up. But when our parents... Our, our parent parental figures in our lives are so focused on that. You know, my mom was so focused on me having a better life and a better income and more opportunities than she did growing up and really wanted the best for me, knowing especially I had such a high academic background when I came home with A minuses or B pluses. It was earth shattering. And that's all she ever wanted to talk with me about, or at least that's how I saw it. You know, I bet you if you ask my mom what are what things we would do or talk about when I was in high school, it may be a very different story. And so I'm reading this, and granted, this is how Daphne and Anthony and Benedict and Colin, this is how they're viewing their mom. Their mom could probably be having really nice conversations with them right now, but this is also what is on the kids' minds. Even though they're, I say the kids, that that's just what I'm going to refer to them as, even though they're young adults. And so it's on the kids' minds. I mean, yeah, Daphne's like joking, like, oh my gosh, mom's such an ag. But it's all that Daphne is thinking about. It was all that I was thinking about in high school, was getting good grades, was making sure, you know, okay, this is the next step. When you're at this kind of critical point in your life, you're in this next chapter And really, you need to start taking charge of it. It's not like you're a little kid where the next step is given to you and you're spoon fed. You know, this is this is big. This is big news. So I I know a lot of people who are reading right now. They're like, I don't like, you know, Violet right now. I'm giving her a break because I think that this is really seen from the kid's perspective. And I really I hope and I have trust a little bit of faith, trust, and pixie dust, that Violet is going to blossom at some point in this series into the the woman that I know she is because she's one of my favorites in the show. And I just love this line. She was a perfectly reasonable mother until you reached marriageable age. And I want to think... Were you a perfectly reasonable child until you reached this age? You know, we're all sticky at that age. So I'm giving them a a break. But I do love the siblings bonding together over their distaste for this being the only thing that their mother is focused on that they have to deal with right now. And (laughs) we've got Anthony with his list of possible suitors. He's showing this to Daphne. He actually brought it to Lady Danbury's ball. And he said he's going to go and peruse it right in front of mom, pull out my quizzing glass. Quizzing glass. What is that? I'm picturing it. It's that little like monocle or like thing that you bring when you're fancy and you go to an opera and it's like a little binoculars, but I don't know what a quizzing glass is, but that's what I'm picturing, like just a little monocle, like, oh, Sherlock Holmes kind of thing or something. That's what I'm picturing. So if you know what a quizzing glass is, please let me know at our jointhenerdclan.com. And then <laughs> we get the first punch that Daphne throws. She punches Anthony and she says, a girl can't live long with four brothers without learning how to throw one. And I just love this. You know, it really reminds you, Daphne was the first girl in four children. She has four older brothers who did boy things, who wrestled, who punched each other, who played in the mud. She was a tomboy, most likely, before she really had to be groomed to be entered into society. So I just love that we get this side. And she's hanging with these four older brothers in 
this chapter. She gets to be just one of the guys. This is why we are reminded that Daphne is so easy to talk to, that she does get the guys, that she is pretty normal and well-rounded because it wasn't like she was just in a house of just ladies. She's very different than the Featheringtons. Now, granted, we really haven't met them in the book, but I'm just thinking about the show. You know, just you just see them sitting in their sitting room, doing the little girly things, looking very prim and proper, very different than even just that milk scene that we had in the television show with Daphne and Anthony, both being clueless at how to cook the milk. You know, I just feel that because she was with these boys growing up, she has a bit more laid back personality. And I'm enjoying this so very much in the book. Um, we do get a mention of Philippa Featherington, who is as dumb as a post. Oh, dear. Poor Anthony. She's on the list, though. So who knows? Maybe we will have a Featherington-Bridgerton match at some point. I'm not saying it's Philippa. I'm pretty sure she's the cheese-loving person from the show, but we'll see. <laughs> and uh, we have Benedict coming in, of course, saying that Mother has per- given him a list because if Anthony doesn't get busy, Benedict will have to be the next Viscount. So, you know. That's that's just how it's going to be. But he's got a little bit more breathing room. I really enjoy Daphne just kicking back, spilling the tea, hanging with these boys. Talking about Nigel, who is more monkey than a man, says Benedict. And Daphne, of course, being so kind. So he's, it's not that. He's... He isn't terribly bright, and it's so much easier to stay out of his way than to hurt his feelings. This is such a gentle side of Daphne. I am loving seeing this well-rounded person. I'm just loving it. She doesn't want to hurt his feelings. So that's why she's been hiding in this corner. And now all of the brothers are coming in. Goodness gracious. Next, we're going to get Colin. So there's no way that Daphne is going to be out of sight. We've got these six foot tall, gorgeous Bridgerton boys standing in a corner with Daphne. You really can't hide. I myself am really tall. And especially in middle school, when nobody had grown except me, I was like a tree, a tree in a desert. Um, If you could just picture that, that was me at like a middle school dance. And it is tremendously hard to hide when you are of this kind of height. So We find out that Colin has been away for a full year, just hanging on out, doing his thing in Amsterdam, uh, which he says grew dull. Amsterdam doesn't grow dull, my friends. Really what that means is that he blew through his money, pretty much blew through his allowance that Anthony gave him. What a life these boys get to have. Okay, you come of age, you're done with school. What do you want to do? I don't know, just like go party and like do things in Amsterdam, I guess. But, you know, I don't really have a job yet. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to give you all this money and you can be there for well over a year. Can you imagine? I can't. I cannot. That's that's like a daydream, right? Just to like have loads of money and be in some beautiful, fantastic country and just do whatever you want. So Colin comes back and kind of laughs like, yeah, I blew through the money. I did it really, really quickly. <laughs> they know he's broke because Benedict even calls out, you must be completely broke if you're calling us beloved. Like just calling his brother out like, buddy, no, you call me like fart sniffer. Okay, let's be real. You don't call me beloved. <laughs> beloved Benedict. Colin always has the quote, most devil may care look of his family. And he has green eyes, which is different than what we've seen from the other Bridgertons. 
very, very different from the show. I would not call show Colin Devil May Care. And I got to tell you, I like it. Give me some spice. Give me the little rebel rouser. We even find out that Colin, of course, being the oldest, uh, the closest of the children to Daphne, only 18 mere years apart, that he was the troublemaker. And the two of them were inseparable. So you could just picture little Dav and Colin, like stealing cookies from the kitchen, playing pranks on the maids or whatever they may do. I just love it. And I... I just want to see them get up to mischief as adults. We didn't get to see the Colin-Daphne relationship in the show. And to know that they were so close growing up and to know that they're both mischief makers. Oh, I just want them to do some mischief in this book. Let's cross our fingers for this one. So um, Daphne gets to see Lady Danbury. And the way that Lady Danbury is described is uh, Lady Danbury's often cutting wit was as legendary among the ton. Daphne had always expected that a sentimental heart be under the acerbic exterior. Don't know how to say that word. Apologize. It was always terrifying when Lady Danbury pressed one into conversation. I got this exact same vibe from watching the show. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. 